Welcome to Season 3 of the To Health With That podcast, where we break up big topics into small bites. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Newsel, and I'm joined by my dear friend, women's health and fertility expert, naturopathic physician, Kate Namas, to break down infertility, hormones, and the whole baby-making shebang. So in this episode, I'd like to talk a little bit about spermatogenesis for men as well. So spermatogenesis for men, men don't follow this monthly rhythm in the way that women do. Men are kind of more constantly on. So it's the process, spermatogenesis is the process by which sperm is actually made, it's constructed. It's happening constantly post-puberty, and it doesn't follow this same cycle, right? The entire process from start to finish takes about four months which is why pre-fertility planning for men should be at least a four-month window to make sure that when you're trying, you have sperm that are affected by all those good choices that you've made. Yes. And you can't expect supplements or modifications in diet to have an immediate effect. They need to be in place for about four months to have their positive benefits and positive effects. Exactly. Yeah. This is, it's slower medicine. It takes time. But the changes are, in my opinion, bigger, right? More consequential because they're changing actually the quality of what we're what we're producing in the world and how we're feeling in the world. Yep. So spermatogenesis, it's occurring in the testes, and it actually happens in three stages. This is going to bring everybody back to flashbacks from like high school biology. So I apologize. Uh, But stage one is mitotic cell division. Does anybody remember the pictures? (laughs) So mitotic cell division (laughs) is basically when one cell breaks into two cells and they both have equivalent genetic material. So these are two complete cells. The reason this is happening in such a rapid fire way in men is because men need lots of sperm to have any shot at reproductive success, right? So we need like millions of these little guys. We have got to do a lot of cell division. The second phase, again, biology flashback, is meiotic cell division. So this takes one of those normal cells that was the baby of the original cells, and it pulls itself apart into two haploid cells, which only have one strand of genetic material each, right? Because sperm only need one strand, the other strand will be provided by the egg. And so haploid, these this haploid meiotic division happens, And then something called spermiogenesis happens, which is when this little cell gets its head and tail so that it can function like a sperm, right? And the tail is a flagellum that helps it to actually swim because sperm need to swim upstream to have any chance of contacting an egg. So this process requires a lot of healthy germ cells, which are, it's basically a stem cell. It needs good levels of testosterone and low estrogen, which is becoming an increasingly difficult problem in men. It also needs a nutritionally rich environment to ensure sperm health, temperature control around the testes. So testes are highly susceptible to heat injury. And some of the theories around male infertility now are actually connected to global warming, which is terrifying. And also all of the necessary pituitary hormones. So gonadotropin releasing hormone, LH and FSH are all involved in uh, sperm production. And I do want to read a quote from um from a report i was reading 
that said, recent reports have noticed a decline in the spermatozoa concentrations in the ejaculates of healthy males. This decline has occurred over the last decades, and specific factors affecting embryonal development seem to be the cause. These factors include prenatal influences such as hormones, drugs, radiation, metabolites in the drinking water, and nourishment of the mother. Moreover, the spermatogenic process of the testes is affected by increased temperatures. These negative influences lead to a reduction in spermatogenesis, which manifests as a reduction in the number of mature spermatids or the formation of malformed spermatids. So I will include the link to that full article in obviously our show notes, but it's pretty sobering to think that, so when they talk about these um, prenatal influences, they're talking about actually prenatal, like when that man was an embryo inside of his mother. That's pretty huge and sobering, right? So absolutely, we as mothers and potential mothers really, really do need to give our babies the best start. And some of that is weeding out those environmental factors, weeding out those hormonal influences, and really making sure that our health and nutritional status is optimized when we're having these babies. Absolutely. Right. So even if you're not struggling with subfertility, it's still important to do preconception care. Oh, absolutely. You know, and honestly, this is something that I do with my clients, you know, whether they have infertility or not, right? If they come to me and say, we're planning on having a baby, we have got a program. <laughs> yes. Yes. Here we go. Cause you're getting really healthy before we do this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we should wrap it up for this week. Thank you, my dear. Thank you. That was fun. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening today and sharing your time with us. If you like this show, please follow and maybe even leave a review. Or like and subscribe if you happen to be watching on YouTube. Visit namesnd.com or to healthwiththat.com for more information about Drs. Kate and me, Dr. Amy. 